winning a playoff game, period, is a big deal. Winning a playoff game in Cleveland for the yes, Browns, who hadn't done that in a long time. That's a thing he did. Last year when Sam comes in, there was a lot of projecting of what it could be or what he could turn into in a different situation. This guy has at least already done the thing. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to an emergency edition of the Happy Half Hour podcast. Kristen Balboni here with the Panthers' incredible team of writers. Everyone knows Darren Gant, everyone who listens to this podcast or read Panthers.com. You know Darren, he is here, and Will is out this week because he is getting married. But special we have assignment. our He's on <laughs> special, special assignment. Special assignment, that's right. <laughs> but in Will's place, we are introducing our newest writer. She's amazing, Augusta Stone. You may have already read some of her work on Panthers.com, and I know she's got great stuff coming everyone's way. Augusta, how's it going? It's going great, Kristen. Thanks so much for having me. This is so exciting. I was I was telling before we hit record, this is my first time in front of a microphone since the pandemic stuff. So I'm getting the the real podcast feel right now. It's not just on Zoom. It's kind of chill. So I like it. I'm excited. Very excited. Well, it's the, it's the perfect time to do it because we have big breaking news. Will is getting married. No, I'm just kidding. Baker Mayfield is now a Panther. So we all had to get together. And speaking of Zoom, I am at home. I plan to be at home uh, watching my little one today. Darren is just recovering um, from COVID and is back in the swing of things. Um, And we had to all get together in whatever way we could to talk about this Baker breaking news. So Darren, without further ado, you are the man that knows everything. You've been following this and following this. So tell us more. Baker uh, Mayfield is now a Panther. He was he was traded uh, for what seems like a very good deal for the Panthers. What what can you tell us? Of yeah, and, and and that's one of the things that I think now that this thing settled in for a few hours and and we've kind of absorbed it a little bit. One of the things to me that is the biggest deal about this trade is didn't cost nothing. I mean, he Baker took a pay cut to come here. The Browns are paying part of the freight. The Panthers are on the hook for less than $5 million worth of the salary and only gave up a conditional fifth-round pick in 24, not 25. So uh, while there's been criticism in the past of deals they've made or this or that or cost too much or this amount of money, this one's basically a free shot at a guy who is a quarterback who has won a game in the playoffs. And if you can get one of those – for no cost, you might as well give it a shot. That was one of the things I was talking to Jake DeLome, who has a little knowledge about quarterback competitions in Cleveland <laughs> and the Carolina Panthers. And Jake was like, man, for the price, you can't, you got to do it. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And while this is going to be a competitive situation and Sam is going to have a chance to hang on to this job that he's the incumbent at, uh, they are going to go to camp, and they're going to compete. And when you've added a guy, if Baker Mayfield goes back to being 2020 Baker Mayfield, I think the reasonable expectation is he's inevitably going to be the guy, but it's not free, and it's not being given. So I, I think considering you're really buying low uh, coming off the injury, and Cleveland didn't need him anymore, and it, they were worried about it being a toxic situation up there because he – He wanted to get out, and they didn't know how that was going to work when people go to training camp without knowing that other thing that's going on up there. 
And Mm -hmm. so it it was an opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to really buy low and add somebody to the room who's got a lot of talent and and can do a lot of things. And so it's going to be a fascinating um, training camp this year. No question about that. Yeah, it, it, it sure is. So right now there are, there are four quarterbacks uh, that the Panthers are carrying. We'll go down to training camp. We'll Actually, see. five. Don't forget Davis Cheek from Elon. That's right. That's right. I, my apologies, yeah. Davis. Five. Yeah. So we go down to training camp. And I, I, that is a couple of things that I wanted to, to just talk about off the bat uh, is that it will be a quarterback competition, which uh, you got. I mean, I think it makes all the sense in, in the world, right, to go down. Why, why would you not have a quarterback competition? Right. And, and and you might as well. I mean, there's no, you know, it, the whole point of this was stabilizing the room. And, and that's what I wrote about yesterday on the website. Kind of the, the why of this trade is you had done so much other work to stabilize every other area of the offense. They knew they needed to shore up the coaching staff. They go out and hire a bunch of veteran assistants. They knew they needed to fix offensive line. Mm-hmm. They signed starters and drafted Iki Aquanu. Uh, they did all this other stuff in the offseason, including extending D.J. Moore, but making the quarterback room better makes all that stuff matter a little bit more. So now you go to training camp, and, and we see what these guys can do. And and we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know what Baker's physical status is going to be, how healthy he is. We assume, you know, based on the physical he's going to take later this afternoon, if he passes that and everything's according to plan then he'll go into training camp ready to go but we're dealing with a lot of unknowns from that standpoint so it's while Baker Mayfield is good and Baker Mayfield has some credentials it's not like they traded for Aaron Rodgers it's not like oh my god this is automatic so go to camp let him compete and listen Baker's got a vested interest in this deal too kind of like Sam he's got one year left on a contract and then he's set to be a free agent so it it's worth it to Baker Mayfield to bring his best game to the Carolina Panthers well exactly and it's kind of like you mentioned in your story as well all of the pieces around him he's not going into a bad situation right. necessarily and is it an unknown situation partially I mean there's a lot of pieces especially with the reworked offensive line but I think it's good that he's going into a situation where there are pieces in front of him I think DJ Moore is a huge piece Christian McCaffrey I think he works well with a good running back I think that's something that's very good for Baker I think the way he plays I think that's a good chance for him like you said it's an opportunity for him and I think when you have the pieces around him he's he's stepping into a situation that could in theory, it could be way worse. And I think when you have that piece, of course, it's a bunch of unknowns. Right. But there's just an element of that where there's a reason for optimism. And like you said, I think it was a good choice for Baker. I think it makes sense. I mean, he wanted out, but I don't think the Panthers are necessarily one of those last ditch, you know, oh, I want it out. It's honestly, it, the, the way it's written in the stars, it's not that bad. It's, it's pretty solid, I think. Yeah, it could definitely be worse. And I've kind of laughed over the last 24 hours watching the national reaction uh, to this trade and and part of one of the things people say about Baker as if it's a slur is ah, he, Baker Mayfield's a league average quarterback it's been a really long time since the Carolina Panthers have had league average quarterback play nothing uh, wrong with a league average quarterback I mean if you're in, <laughs> if you're among the 15 to 17 best quarterbacks in the NFL that's okay uh that's pretty good and honestly since T.J. Watt hit Cam Newton in the shoulder 
uh, we haven't seen that level of play around here in a long time. So I, I think it's good, you know, it, it's good to add to the mix, and that's what they wanted to do. That's what they did at so many other positions. Now they did it at quarterback. Yeah, and as you said, it was in your article. You touched on it, and as Augusta said, there's they've improved where they have said they were going to improve, and, you know, the offensive line, which is – you mentioned that in great detail in your article, in addition to everyone that Augusta just talked about, if 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 Baker Mayfield wants a shot, if Sam Darnold wants a shot, the pieces are in place, like Augusta said, in order to to go out there and, and give it all you can and and try to put together a great season for the Panthers and for themselves. I think too another thing about the the Baker situation is, you know, I think twenty twenty one it was the non throwing shoulder injury it wasn't necessarily a great year for Baker, but I think we're kind of. Sometimes, like you said, with like the national things I've seen, it's short-term memory loss. 2020 wasn't bad for Baker. His first no. year wasn't bad. So it's it's almost like a back-and-forth sort of pendulum we've seen. 2018, you know, decent, really good rookie debut. 2019, a little bit down, broken offense. 2020, good year for Baker. 2021, he was, you know, dealing with the, the mechanics issues with the, with, the bro- with, the, with the shoulder, with the arm. Um, non, non-throwing shoulder injury, which was good. But it's like, I, I think... It's a solid, you know, you can go in with Baker in a competition optimistically because it has almost been this up and down sort of flow of the ocean almost kind of Mm -hmm. thing with him where, you know, I think saying, oh, he had a bad 2021, you know, he's average, you know, low value, mid, whatever I've seen all over. I think it's almost like having this this short-term memory thing where it's it's Baker wasn't that bad two years ago right I agree you know seven, and again 17 months ago there was a lot of projecting going on when the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold there was a lot of well he hadn't been in a good situation and frankly Sam came here and Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and you end up firing an offensive coordinator in the middle of the season and starting 14 combinations alignment in 17 games wasn't a good situation for Sam last year here either uh Either Sam or Baker is walking into a better place than they than Sam walked into a year ago, and also, I mean, let's be honest: what the the baseline is higher on Baker Mayfield. Baker has has won a playoff game. That's a pretty big deal, and and people are going to keep going back to that. But winning a playoff game, period, is a big deal. Winning a playoff game in Cleveland uh, for the yes, Browns, who hadn't done say. that in a long time, that's a thing he did. That's still pretty good. So I I think while last year when Sam comes in, there was a lot of projecting of what it could be or what he could turn into in a different situation. This guy has at least already done the thing. Yes, yes. If he could get back to that, then Panthers would be in pretty good shape. So I want to ask you guys uh, about what you're hearing about Baker. Uh, Darren, you mentioned that he is going through a physical later today. We are recording this Thursday right around noon um, that aside, I know you like to you poke around, you call, you talk mm-hmm. to people. Um, what have you heard about where he is physically, or have you heard anything? I have not heard any indication that would suggest he's not going to be ready for training camp. That being said, I, I don't know that the physical is necessarily a layup. I mean, they do want to look at that left shoulder. They do want to mm-hmm. know what's going on in there and how ready this guy is. So everything is pending physical. Deal's not done. Deal's agreed to. You know, all those kind of things. And and my understanding is he's flying into Charlotte um, 
later today. He will take a physical and then immediately leave. So it's not like he's going to be hanging around town. This is also the dead time of year when he can't do stuff. One of the things I did yesterday uh, afternoon, right after we got the news out, I, I made a lap through the football side of the building on the second floor here in Bank of America Stadium, and there was literally no one on the side of the building where coaches and scouts and personnel people all sit. It was just a ghost town because those guys are all out on vacation. Half of them are mm-hmm. in other countries or out with their family or doing different stuff. Scott was on the road. so. Um, and we should just clarify for anyone who doesn't know, even me working in sports, wouldn't know this off the top of my head. This is a designated time, right. these uh, up until training camp, where the players leave the building, the coaches leave the building. Almost every NFL team, um, the, the coaching staff, front office are, are out of the building at this time because it is a very small window where uh, people get to, to take breaks. So yeah. that is not yeah. saying that they weren't in the building and could have been or anything like that. They right. probably had these vacations planned out, but six a year in advance, six yeah. months in advance. I think Augusta in college, don't they call it the dead period when you can't recruit? That's effectively what's going on right now. Absolutely. So there is a ceiling on what they can do. I think they can send him a playbook uh but it's not like he's doing eight hours worth of zoom calls every day with ben mcadoo or anything because as far as i know ben mcadoo could be sitting on a beach with his feet in the sand enjoying a cold one right now i mean so it's not like there's a lot he can do until he gets on the ground in spartanburg well it's one of those things too i've I've been thinking about it myself how much is he coming in you know starting up right at training camp is he coming in with any Mm -hmm. sort of uh I guess, behind on anything, right? And then, um, so I'll admit, I got here toward the tail end of OTAs and I saw the three days of minicamp and that was kind of my start. But I did see minicamp and something that um, I found interesting where vets weren't really participating. You know, that was like what Rule said. It was one of those things that they were doing where they were letting them rest, you know, kind of seeing where their depth was before they headed into training camp. Um, Obviously, it would have been more ideal for Baker and for, you know, getting to know Ben McAdoo's system and everything to have been here. But at least from what I've seen, again, like I said, I was here for four practice days when I started my job. So I'm also very fresh. (laughs) But I think it's one of those things where he's not he's not coming like is the dead period. I think a lot of the quarterbacks are still getting a grasp of what's going on right now. Matt Corral was very open about that when he met with the media about how he was, you know, still learning. I think. Sam Darnold's still learning. Everyone's still learning. So that learning atmosphere sets him up for a more even competition than, like, even though he wasn't here through OTAs, even though he wasn't here through minicamp. It's one thing if he would have arrived in April and had all of OTAs to work through this thing. Uh, But this thing's been lingering for a while, and it could have happened practically at any time. So I think the difference between happening on July 6th versus happening on June 15th is probably pretty negligible. Yeah, completely agree. And I, I want to to touch on that, Darren, that this has kind of been out in the ether. But before we do, I just want to follow up on, on what Augusta was saying. And Darren, you have been to how many training camps, ballpark? All of them. All of them. All of the training camps. So, so you are the perfect training camps. <laughs> you were the perfect person to ask about this. And I think it's something for that, that fans would want to know. And certainly I want to know um, it will, of course, day one will be a, a, a big deal with, with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold competing day two will be a big thing, but it's, we can already see what it's going to look like and how everyone will cover it. It will all be looking for the tiniest things. The national media will be doing the same. 
new offensive coordinator, um, as Augusta was just talking about, he's had a little bit longer with some of the other guys, Baker's coming in. What do you want to see from these guys in that, let's say that first week down in Spartanburg, if you're Ben McAdoo, what's realistic and what might be overblown? Yeah, I, I think what's going to be overblown at first, obviously, is snap counts. It's going to be Oh my God, exactly. Sam Sam took the first snap and he's out there with Taylor Moten and Pat Elfline and Austin Corbett and the you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's gonna be a thing. And okay, Sam got with seven seven yeah. sna- seven snaps with the ones, and then Baker came in and got six snaps with the two. Yeah, that's gonna be our life for a couple days in July <laughs> for sure. And probably the entire training camp. But uh, you know, I, I think it will early on it's just gonna be learning the language. Baker's going to have that book he's going to know what things are called but he's going to have to go into a huddle and call him with people he's meeting on on the fly so I I think it's going to be interesting to see how much he's actually doing early on and how much he's able to do exactly yeah and what the progression looks like as we go through the practices down in Spartanburg up to uh, joint practices Um, do you think that they'll come out of the let's say by the joint practices of New England that we'll have a sense of of who this might be, which way they're leaning. I know there's no way you can answer that yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, these are all competitive situations. You, yeah, yeah, I think you'd like to have an idea sooner rather than later. Uh, but again, I, I think the fact that this is all the first install and all these guys who've been around for OTAs have gone through this book three times now. And mm-hmm. Baker has gone through it zero times now. So I, I think... That's going to buy them time to make a decision. I imagine it would drag on for most of the um, for most of the preseason leading up to the bum, 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 opener against the Browns. <laughs> the NFL scheduling uh, crew is is <laughs> truly visionary. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but but I want to talk about as you said, uh, this has kind of been out there in in the ether a little bit. Um, what has that been like for the both of you? And how, how surprised were you, Darren, that it happened yesterday and that it happened at all? Uh, I am not surprised that it happened at all. Uh, it was always a bit of a surprise whenever it happens, but I was a Boy Scout when I was a kid, and be prepared is kind of part <laughs> of my life. So uh, you should see some of the stories that I have written that have not been published. Um, no, I mean, this has been kind of percolating really since the draft weekend. And it was pretty known that during the second round of the draft, they were talking to Cleveland and and the hang up then was compensation. It was how much of the contract are you going to pay? How much of the contract are you going to pay? What are we getting in return? What's going back the other direction? And, and so that never got worked out. So uh, that's just kind of on me. I mean, listen, I've been around here for a minute and and know that quarterback transitions are part of the deal here. And until they find the quarterback, they're going to keep looking. So I've got a file of a lot of available quarterbacks, um, you know, of different things prepped and ready in case. Uh, but it's like, you know, it, it's a whole lot of prep as much as you can and then be ready for the phone to ring and say, all right, this is coming this afternoon. So it's you you never really know. But I, I was genuinely afraid because I am pretty obsessive about preparation and pretty obsessive about stocking my pantry with enough groceries to get me through a snowstorm, uh, <laughs> even in July. But 
which my wife hates because some people call it clutter. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's preparedness. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was afraid I'd scared poor Augusta off on her first day. I honestly did. That's what I was going to say. My very first day here, early June, I, I don't remember the date, and I should. I should have it, you know, committed in my heart to memory. I think it may have been June 8th. I'm not sure. Um, but one of those very <laughs> early June days, I walk in, and I'll never forget Darren telling me the day before my first day, you know, telling me how to get to the building and everything. And then he goes, you may be walking into a fire. And, I mean, I felt like – until yesterday every day you know it's oh it could happen maybe I don't know maybe um maybe not but um like you said with the preparedness side of it I mean I've known about it you know being a possibility since I started which again not that long ago but it's it's fun to be able I will say to kind of have I know like the burst out you know it's like when you shake up a can of cola and then you let it go and it bursts out (laughs) but then you don't have to worry about it you know it exploded it's over like well you know at least the the uh, anticipatory waiting element of it um, but it's fun to walk into a situation like that. I mean, I've I've had a great time. But I'll, I'll remember that very vividly from my first day when, when Darren told me it could it could be, you know, a normal day. I think it was OTA still. You know, we went out yeah. to practice. Everything was normal. Or it could be an explosion. Who knows? And, and listen, I am a very... You'll get used to that, Augusta. Yeah, <laughs> I am a very old person, and I've been walking these halls for a minute. And when Augusta Stone and I walk into training camp, we will know Baker Mayfield exactly the same amount it's awesome i'm so excited (laughs) yeah same here same here we all will you know (laughs) which will be a lot of fun um and certainly we'll be covering all of this throughout training camp i'm gonna have to let you guys go soon because i know that you've got articles to write people to call halls to walk Mm. um but before i do i you know it is the happy half hour of course we had to talk about baker but in these last couple of minutes I want to do a little impromptu segment I'm calling Tell Me More, okay? Writers, as we all know, I think everyone knows, you have the best Twitter accounts, right? And so I just went back as a way to get to know Augusta a little bit better and as a way to just get to ask Darren questions like I love to do. Went back and found one tweet of each of yours from the past few days. And I just need to know more. They're fascinating, all right? So Augusta, I have yours here first, okay? Okay. This is from July 5th. You said, today I tried cold brew with a splash of lemonade with my half-off drink deal from the Starbucks app, and I can't stop thinking about it. My coffee drinking life will never be the same. Augusta, tell me more. I would never put those two things together. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you asked me about this. Fun fact, my mother called me yesterday asking me about that tweet going, oh my goodness, is it actually good? You sound out of your mind. So one of my best friends, actually, uh, we interned in Charlotte together a couple of years ago. Her name is Laurel. She works in Kentucky now. She told me about this thing that she had been doing with cold brew and lemonade. One of her barista friends made it at their local coffee shop in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And um, I was just so intrigued. And it tastes like iced tea. When you take iced tea and you put lemon in it, but it's mm. it's just slightly stronger. And I also got it with two pumps of the liquid cane sugar. And I've gotten it three days in a row now. I love it. It's really, really good. I, I honestly wish I could put everybody on it just to try it because it's not an overpowering taste. It's not overly acidic. That's something I've heard. Is it not just heartburn in a glass? No, it's excellent <laughs> and great. And I'm so glad you asked me about it because I am quite passionate about it. So I think everyone I should was, give it a shot. 
I was on the fence until you made the tea lemon reference. Darren, what do you think? Are you going to try it with me? I, I will try it with you. I, I do not leap eagerly into new things often when it comes to <laughs> coffee. I'm kind of a truck stop black guy. Um, but I will give it a shot. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. And then the last tweet from Tell Me More. Darren from July 2nd, uh, feel safe saying, if not for COVID, I'd never have watched the summer I turned pretty. Get vaccinated and boosted, gang. And then in parentheses, although Belly, who is the main character of that show, would be wise to steer clear of that entire Fisher family. They're all messy. She could stand to lose the damsel in distress bit as well. So Darren, I popped in on the summer I turned pretty the other night. I only got through the first 20 minutes before my my son started crying. But for anyone who doesn't know, it is very much, uh, we are not the target demographic. Augusta might even be a little old for the target demographic. It is like a teen show and supposedly very good. So Darren, how long did it take you to watch this entire show and should we be watching it? Uh, well, now with the modifier that I was laid up with COVID, not exactly right. doing a lot else. I had a lot of screen time uh, last week. We <laughs> plowed through seven episodes of the summer. I turned pretty in about, I don't know, a day and a half. Um, it was a lot to take in at <laughs> once, but uh, fortunately, after um, after a couple days when we were no longer contagious, my daughter uh, was home from college this summer. She was hanging out with us. She was like, are you actually going to watch this with me? And so we, we started watching it, and she was like, you're starting to get into this. This is a little scary. You are a little too into it. But, yeah, it drove me crazy because Belly is a young woman of promise, and I feel like she's self-limiting by locking herself into a choice between the two Fisher boys which shouldn't be a choice at all. They're both ill. Um, I yeah. I don't even get me started on Conrad. He's just way, way, way too much. Um, but yeah, I I wish that young lady would lean into her agency. She's coming into her own. Uh, she got through the debutante ball phase of her life <laughs> thanks to uh, her mother's dear friend. Um, who kind of put her up to it, but now she has agency. She's blooming in front of her very eyes, and I just want her to make better decisions with her life. Oh, I love that. Spoken like a, a dad with a heart of gold. All right, well, thank you guys for indulging me. I know we were here to talk about Baker, but I just, you know, I love writers' Twitter accounts. They're the best tweets, hands down, pound for pound, so I had to find out more about both of those. Um, and thank you guys for doing this. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And we are going to, of course, be bringing you updates from training camp. So until then, everybody, thank you for listening to the Happy Half Hour. We'll catch you next time.